The Shroud of Turin is one of the most researched and studied relics in church history and profoundly impacts many who encounter its mystery. As a person of faith, looking at it through the eyes of faith, um, I don't think it can help but, uh, but touch your heart. Something that we can look on, not only to bolster our faith in those moments of weakness, but also to deepen our faith and our appreciation, our intimacy with Christ. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry as they examine the science of the Shroud through the lens of faith. Really interesting scientific information that I, we didn't know about, uh, like the pollen from all the different regions of the world. That's all, as the shroud traveled around, it picked that up. Some of the mites, uh, things like that was really interesting to me. I mean, this it, made you really want to believe it a lot more. It's impressive. Like, humanly, I don't think, like, that is another level of love. It's not a... a, a I'm going to see if I was like, oh, I love you, I'll give you a chocolate. No. I'm giving you more than my life. I'm giving you my suffering. Asking both experts and disciples, who do you say I am? Um, as far as who the man of the shroud is, I, as a, as a person of faith and kind of reviewing the evidence there, it, it seems that a convincing argument can be made that it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Visit patchworkheart.org shroud to learn more and get exclusive behind-the-scenes updates for your support. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, Young Adult Ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that He is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.
welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us on this episode. And uh, Ann and I are finishing up a series on parenting. Um, So we're going to be talking about uh, our Catholic parenting. And uh, this is the 10th of 10 episodes. So if you haven't listened and tuned in yet, folks, uh, make sure that you go back um, in our podcast feed and take a listen to the other uh, nine episodes because uh, they kind of build on one another, even though they're independent topics. So, you know, we reference things. So uh, check check it out. Um, and welcome, Anne, as always. Uh, she is uh, my trusty co-host. How are you? Doing great, Bill. I mean, it's a little sad feeling because it's the last of the series, but I'm also happy because I know that Sewing Hope is continuing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Sewing Hope podcast is continuing, but this is the last in the 10-part parenting series. But I think it's really important that we did this series because we're taping it here in the spring of 2022. But this is literally something that can be listened to uh, next year, the year after that. I mean, it's it's parenting advice, Catholic parenting advice, uh, and, and related to faith, right? Not just parenting advice, but advice to help to raise your kids in the faith. And yeah. so that's why I think it's it's a real treasure. And uh, thank you, Bill, for all you do. And for the wise advice and knowledge that you have with raising a little one and also all the, the knowledge that you share with being that youth minister that you did for such a long time. And you have so much knowledge there as well. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. No, this is, um, this is beautiful and uh, it's been a great series. So I know we're going to finish off with ages uh, 22 and plus. So it's kind of those, uh, you know, gr- graduation college graduation and moving off into the real world uh, <laughs> which is which is uh, scary for a lot of young adults exactly yeah I would agree and um, this is an area that I can say I can speak on <laughs> yeah. because uh, my two daughters are now 25 and 23 so they're both out of college and and both working and you know People sometimes ask me, like, well, how did you, meaning it's all on me, but you know it wasn't, right? How did you raise your kids in the faith? And of course, it was the work of God. But my husband and I, um, you know, we had to be open, right? We had to be open to wanting to do that, wanting to raise them in the faith. And Bill, I know you saw a lot of that as a youth minister, the parents that were able to help to foster that with their kids. And then you also saw ones probably once in a while that had a harder time with it, right? And you learn from that. You learn from the mistakes of not only ourselves, but what we observe in, in other families. And um, and I, I, the only thing I'll say, Bill, to end to all of our listeners, and I repeated this advice every, almost every episode, but the best advice that I can give in terms of any kind of parenting and keeping your kids in the Catholic faith, step number one is for you to love your faith. Right. I don't care what age you are either. I don't care if you have a little one. I don't care if they're grade school, high school, or even college or beyond. When your kids observe and see that you love your faith. Now, I don't mean fanatical, right? There's some people 
who we can love our faith, but we also have to live and be human beings and enjoy life and enjoy things and enjoy people, places, and things and, 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 and enjoy what, what God has given us. But, um, but I mean, is that you integrate that faith, right, Bill? I mean, I think what we have to do is integrate our faith so our kids see that we're normal people, right? We're normal human beings <laughs> that love God and love our faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I think the best advice, as you said, for any stage along, along this, but I think even for, you know, adults, um, you know, to see that and to know that. And um, there's a, you know, there's a beauty, like, you know, again, we don't need to be uh, fanatical, but integrate it into your life. Like, I mean, I just a recent example from my family, like we had the opportunity to travel uh, down to see my parents um, for Easter, right? Like we, we, dri- we drove a few hours to Kentucky and we visited my folks. And over the Easter break or over that Easter little vacation that we had, um, we, of course, integrated our faith life. Like, you know, it was over Good Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you know, the, you know, the triduum. Um, and we have a little guy, so we weren't really able to go to you know, all of the long masses, I couldn't go to the Holy Thursday or Good Friday services because they're just plain old too long or even, even the Holy Saturday. Like, I, you just can't do it with a 11-month-old baby <laughs> doing his crawling around uh, the whole time. And so um, we, we weren't able to do that, but, but we were able to, you know, integrate our fasting and we were able to, you know, talk about that. And we talked about faith around the dinner table uh, quite a bit. And then in, in addition to that, like on Sunday morning, we made sure we all went to church. And we all went to church together. It was um, beautiful, uh, you know, and, you know, my son cooperated, you know, he had to eat a few Cheerios. <laughs> but other than that, it was it was beautiful and it was great um, to all be together, praying together and thanking God together uh, for his you know, amazing mercy and gift of his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Uh, and so, you know, it, if you it just integrate it um, as you know and it's an expectation right like this is an, it, this is an expectation of of my parents um that we go to mass together you know and and so that's a, a beautiful thing like it's it's part of our adult relationship that i have with my parents and um you know as as you raise adult children you know continue to keep it in in your life you know whether it's giving the um you know, books being being there for your grandchildren's baptisms. I mean, that's a huge thing. Like my parents made sure we we both made sure our parents were available. Um, my wife's parents and my parents were available for my son's baptism. You know, go to those things. Go to the first communions uh, of your grandchildren and show that your faith is important not only to your kids but to their kids. And I think, um, you know, as you become a parent and a grandparent, that's that's so important. Uh, to just to just live it uh, and 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 talk mm-hmm. about it. Don't be don't be afraid to talk about your faith. Yeah, that's an important thing I think with your kids because I think that a long long time ago, and I remember when my parents were growing up, that um, evangelization in the Catholic Church was more to just live it out and not really discuss it that much, right outside of the house. Um, I do think things have changed though since that time, and I do think that people are becoming a little more. Catholics that love their faith are becoming a little bit more open to sharing that. And what a better place to do that than inside the walls of your own home and with your kids. Now, um, just to kind of bring the conversation to that age group, 
the one thing that I think I've learned that is when they graduate from college, you know, those, the, the, the super duper closeness that you have with your kids when they're below the age of high school um, can continue. It can continue when they're adults, but there is something called independence. And I think that as parents, we have to respect that with our kids. We have to really let them go on their way to find out who they are and what they like to do. And another thing I think we should discuss is vocations, right? Because when they reach that age of 22 and after college, this is the time that they're discerning that, right? Now, when we think of vocations, a lot of us immediately think about becoming a priest or sister or, you know, religious, but not always, right? I mean, it could be whether they're being called to, you know, the married life or, you know, sometimes people are, are called, you know, to be single. Um, but most of all that the marriage is, is mainly what they're being called to, right, into a vocation. Yeah. And so whether it's going to happen in the 20s or the 30s, you know, sometimes it even happens, you know, in a later, later in life. But th this is the time that they start thinking about this. Um, Bill, I didn't know if you had anything to add on that. Yeah, I think that that's really important um, to look at and to just uh, model right like just model for your kids uh, obviously you are married if you know uh, or you are in a situation where you were once married or whatever um, and uh, or I shouldn't even say that but but you know as a parent um, you have the opportunity to witness even if your situation was irregular um, you know uh, you have an opportunity to witness um, your vocation to your to your kids um and uh so if you are married and you're still married um witness that vocation you know witness that vocation to them i mean my i i'm blessed to have um my my parents married i think it's going to be for uh 40 years next year i think it's 39 this year and 40 next year um yeah 2020 uh 2023 will be 40 years um, which is beautiful. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but you know, and, and they're a wonderful witness and, but again, if you're not, um, if you're, if you're not in a, uh, marriage or you're single or you're divorced or whatever, whatever that looks like, um, do your best to witness the ideal, witness the ideal, um, to your, to your kids. Um, because I think we all know within our human hearts, what that ideal is and we all fall short of that ideal every day so i i, I don't want to i don't want to bash anybody like you know like yeah. my, my marriage isn't perfect um and i'm sure yours isn't either uh, <laughs> no. you know um but but do your best to witness to that ideal yes absolutely um, and and it'll make them want to remain in their marriages and make them want to um stay faithful to um their spouse to their kids um to, to raising them, to raising them in the faith. And, you know, that can be stuff that's really practical and simple. It doesn't have to be like, you know, again, like all going to church together. It, it can be um, the focusing on the importance of family, focusing on the importance of um, having everybody together, you know, once a year or twice a year um, for different events. Um, you know, my, my mom and dad always talk to us about, you know, we want everybody in our family to be together at least twice a year. I don't care when that time is. They're like, I don't care whether it's, you know, Christmas and, 
and Easter or whatever it is. I just want everybody to be together. And, uh, you know, when we're all together, yeah, there's disagreements and arguments and, you know, crazy stuff happens. <laughs> but, but the beautiful thing about that is that this is the, this is the ideal is to come together as a extended family to go to the beach, to relax, whatever, um, and enjoy our lives, right? To enjoy mm. our lives. As you mentioned earlier, God wants us to live in that abundance. Um, uh, you know, he, he, right? Didn't he come, didn't he say that in the Gospels? You know, I, I came as you might have life to the full. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He wants you to enjoy your life. Now, when I say enjoy, some people think of things that maybe they think of things that are not exactly godly, right? But God wants us to enjoy his, the fruits of our labor in a healthy and godly way. Yes. Godly way. Okay. So that's, that's what we mean by that. Not to just forget about your faith and go have fun. It's not what we're saying, right? right. We're, you can have fun and, and have your faith too, both. They can go together. Right. And, exactly. and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. But what you said about marriage, I think, is also important because, you know, we witness to our kids for vocations uh, with our own marriages. Right. And Bill, you made a good point. And even if, you know, no marriage is perfect, you know what? But love is perfect. Love is perfect, but, but no marriage is perfect because <laughs> let's, we all fall short. Right. But the love that we have in that commitment that you have in your marriage in the sacrament of matrimony, that's the bond that keeps you going. Even when you do have hard times, adversities, mm -hmm. arguments, whatever, disagreements, whatever it is, yeah. um, that God will get you through and you can love that person unconditionally, right? The way that God loves them, not the way, not an idol, like an idolizing someone, Yeah. Right. Because Angelo, my husband knows that I'm not perfect. He's probably listening to this and laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not perfect. I know that he's not, but I know that he's got a lot of beautiful, wonderful attributes that I love him for those. And I love him for who God made him to be. Hmm. But it doesn't mean that he's perfect because he's not and neither am I. And that's what you were trying to express, Bill, right? That it's not perfect, but that witnesses to our kids when they see mom and dad made up after they talked about this topic, right? They were able to make amends on whatever that disagreement was. Right. And that's where they see that marriage is great. It's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when you, again, witness the ideal, and if you're not in, if you're not in a marital relationship, you can still witness to the ideals for your kids. You can still point to others, you know, along along their road and along their journey. I mean, anything can happen, right? Like, you know, your spouse can pass away. I mean, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of different things that that happen. You know, nobody has an ideal, um, you know, perfect model. The only the only perfect model that we can point to is a Trinity, right? Like that's, that's how we right. can point to it. Um, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you know, we can understand that. Um, on some level, but the reality is, is that in, as you said, in the brokenness, that witness to model the unconditional love of the Trinity allows us to point out the really good things to our, to our kids. And, um, you know, I mean, I, you can do it at any age. I think it's important though, at this age, you know, as you mentioned, they're discerning, they're thinking about these things. And, 
the other the other thing is you know if they're discerning religious life get them in front of good religious orders mm. or good Amen. Di dioceses because guess what you can't witness that lifestyle to them <laughs> you know you know you're, no you know you're 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 not a priest you're not a you're a religious sister so you've got to um get them in front of people i remember when i was discerning for priesthood i i kind of went out on my own and you know looked around at different orders and stuff but um my parents were right there during that process they were coming uh to the place i was living at the shrine and they were coming to the tenebrae services and they were having lunch with the friars and you know being incredibly supportive of that and so you can do those things um for your for your young adults in your life just be supportive you know show up for the uh certain events at the seminary or you know the different milestones that your uh kid is going through um i think you know showing up is half the battle but also oh yeah you know encouraging them along that journey because it is foreign to you i mean it is foreign to you uh unless you've gone through it um to a certain degree um you know so there are many men and many women who have discerned religious life and then say i'm going to discern out and so you can work with your children through that um process but but you know the vast majority maybe don't have that experience so um just get them in front of good priests good bishops um you know and, and do the research you know have have good friends uh, that are religious, that are religious brothers and sisters and priests and and deacons. Um, I remember when I was uh, discerning, first discerning priesthood, uh, when I was in high school, my mom and dad uh, knew the vocation director in Philadelphia at the time, and he called him up and he said, you know, you know, they called him up and said, hey, Billy's discerning, can we? You know, he was a priest and he was a good uh, parish priest and uh, for many years at our parish, and so they just knew him personally. And they said, hey, hey, concerning, can you come over and talk to him? And yeah, it was no problem, you know. Um, so I think, I think just being supportive is is so so important if your child's thinking about that. Uh, I, I'm glad that we're discussing this because I think that um, there's a natural inclination for us on this uh, podcast because it's for the ages 22 and over. You know, you and I are both um, in the vocation of marriage, so of course we're going to focus on that, but. You know, this is the time for those doors to open also for the vocations to the priesthood or religious life or being a sister or nun. Uh, so I think it's very important. Now, there's an organization I wanted to mention. Um, I believe that the website is vocationministry.com. It's not .com, it's .org. So forgive me, I don't have it off the top of my head here. But it, there's a woman that founded that organization named Rhonda. And she does beautiful work all throughout the United States, uh, educating people on how to foster vocations in churches. And so I got a little bit of a training from them, from the Sarah missionaries. I'm a member of that group. It's um, St. Hanipero Sarah, who was a saint from you know, many years ago, I think about 500 years ago or so. But the whole idea was he's the patron saint of you know, vocations. And so, you know, the learning about that is simply sometimes when you say to someone in a simple way, somebody that you know, a young person or maybe someone in their 20s, hey, have you ever thought about becoming a priest? I think you make a good one. Or have you ever thought about religious life? That single sentence can make the biggest difference. If you see someone at church or somebody in your family or whatever, mention it because you never know where that can go. Many times when people decide that they will try and enter religious life 
were in, in the seminary, the, some of the reasons that they give is because someone at church or someone they knew said that. They actually said that to them. And so I think it makes a big difference. Now, I have to mention, of course, because we had the commercial or sometimes we have commercials on the podcast for the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation um, once in a while. But I can't, I, I can't let this pass by without mentioning the religious order that I represent. And it is a beautiful religious order. And so if people are listening that ha- know someone, a young man who would like to consider becoming a priest or a brother, because it's, you know, it's, it's religious order, so they have both uh, vocations. And they have sisters as well, but this this order that I'm associated with, um, the Mercenarian Friars, is specifically for men, young men. Uh, go to orderofmercy.org and learn about the the order. And the fourth charism of their vow is the willingness to give their lives for those in danger of losing their faith. Hmm. And that really made a big impact on me as a person when I met this order and how they really transformed my own spirituality. And Bill, I know you understand that too, since you've talked to me about this and you're a board member with the foundation, uh, St. Raymond Anatas Foundation. Oh, it's but a, anyway, no, I just think no, it's, it's important a, for them to just check it out. Check out the order of mercy. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I, again, I think, um, I think being open to the exploration is also super important, right? You got to let your kids kind of, um, go explore their life, especially early on, um, you know, I was talking with another young adult yesterday, um, a little much younger than me, not much younger, but a little younger than me. Um, and I was ta- I was talking about, you know, he was just going through different things. And I was saying, you know, it's OK to take calculated risks. You're a young person. You know, uh, it's OK. Like, you know, you're, you're not 50, you're not 60 You're you know, it, it's OK to take calculated risks for you and your family um and your future family right like and encourage your kids you know not to be reckless we don't want kids to be reckless but you know and just do crazy stuff but it's okay to start a business it's okay to um you know that that fails and falls on its flat on fa- flat on its face you know because when you're 20 Two and you start, you know, you attempt to do that, and there's some, and it falls flat, and you end up trying something new at 25. <laughs> like, it, it's okay. Encourage your kids to do those things. Um, you know, I, I think we have to break the cycle as 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 people of faith that that the world dictates your life to you, right? Like, there's so much of that that goes on. You get on, you get on this hamster wheel. Like, you need to go to college, you need to do this, you need to do this, get a good job, get married. Like, all of these things, you don't know. You no, know, you don't have to follow that that narrative that the world puts in front of you, right? The world putting this narrative in front of you is not, um, <laughs> how should I say, it's not necessary to follow that. Let them explore. Let them Let them fail. Help them, pick them up. Um, you know, but, you know, after they get out of college, you know, let them encourage them to start their own business, encourage them to do something on the side, um, you know, help them through, through that process. 
let them skin their knee in you know it's hard to do as a parent you don't want them to you know fall when they're 11 months old but you, you got to let them skin their knee at some point uh, so that they can <laughs> grow up and, and learn yeah and i think that's good advice not just for little kids like like um little elvin that uh, 11 months almost 12 months old <laughs> here in april of 2022 but it's good advice as you go through childhood as you go through middle school high school college you know, there is a certain kind of testing out to see where you belong in the world, right? Yeah. And I think when you're finding out that vocation, uh, another way just to meet people, I think meeting people when you're a young adult is a very important thing, just meeting new friends. Um, and if you're a person of faith, um, and I believe that you, we should meet all kinds of people and be exposed to all kinds of cultures and religions. And it doesn't just have to be Catholic people. But as far as meeting people who, who you have can share faith with, I think that is also very important. Mm. And so you can uh, join something like Young Catholic Professionals. Look it up. Just Google that one, Young Catholic Professionals. I even enjoy going to their meetings because they have a mentor program for older people like me. And I've been able to mentor one woman and, and help her out with some uh, career ideas and, and just discussions that we've had and, and go to these meetings and just really enjoy meeting uh, people, young people and people my age once in a while there too. Uh, so check that out. In most of the diocese and archdiocese, they have something like a young adults group. So I definitely would recommend that. I mean, I'm in archdiocese of Philadelphia. We have wonderful groups in the area for young adults. In fact, uh, my oldest daughter goes to something called Metanoia, uh, in my area, Montgomery County, you know, greater Philadelphia area. And that's a wonderful thing too. So I definitely think that's a way to connect with your faith, connect with other like-minded people. And you never know, you might meet some, you know, could be a future spouse. I'm just going to say it, right? I mean, you just uh, never know who you'll meet or maybe a new great new group of friends or something. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, but no, this has been such a great uh, conversation, and I've really enjoyed um, talking about this because I think it's such a great topic, you know, um, to to talk about and to, you know, maybe even revisit, you know, for future podcasts, right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds good, Bill. So this was a great series. Um, as As Bill and I have said over and over again, we invite you to go on our playlist. If you go to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube or even on the patchworkheartradio.org, there is a playlist on the YouTube channel, I know for sure, that says the Sewing Hope Parenting Series. Uh, well, I want to ask you all a favor, if you can share this with your diocese and archdiocese. This is a whole 10-part podcast series on every stage mm -hmm. of growing in your faith. So please share it with others. Um, connect with our, us on social media and you can always send us an email at sewinghope at patchworkheart.org to stay in touch. Bill, thanks so much. Oh, absolutely. And uh, thank you, Anne. This has been so much fun. Uh, look forward to discussing our next uh, series and next topic, which we're going to be diving into is the Synod on Synality. Um, so we're super excited about that for our next uh, next week or next series that we're going to be starting so stay tuned uh, for that and we appreciate 
um, you all tuning in as always. But until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared. Fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. The Shroud of Turin is one of the most researched and studied relics in church history and profoundly impacts many who encounter its mystery. As a person of faith, looking at it through the eyes of faith, um, I don't think it can help but, uh, but touch your heart. Something that we can look on, not only to bolster our faith in those moments of weakness, but also to deepen our faith and our appreciation, our intimacy with Christ. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry as they examine the science of the Shroud through the lens of faith. Really interesting scientific information that we didn't know about, uh, like the pollen from all the different regions of the world. as the shroud traveled around, it picked that up. Some of the mites, uh, things like that was really interesting to me. I mean, this made you really want to believe it a lot more. It's impressive. Like, humanly, I don't think, like, that is another level of love. It's not a, a, a I'm going to say, oh, I love you, I'll give you a chocolate. No, 
I'm giving you more than my life. I'm giving you my suffering. Asking both experts and disciples, who do you say I am? Um, as far as who the man of the shroud is, I, as a, as a person of faith and kind of reviewing the evidence there, it, it seems that a convincing argument can be made that it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Visit patchworkheart.org shroud to learn more and get exclusive behind the scenes updates for your support.